0: Yeah, they're coming to an understanding, even if it takes a while. She's liberal, he's conservative, but they're best friends. You know they'll figure it out in the end. Now hear me out. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Now Hear Me Out. I'm Harriet Berholtz, and I am virtually here with my dad.
1: Virtually here, Randy Burholtz.
0: <laughs> we're so excited to be here today and chatting with you guys. We just wanted to do a quick update uh, because stuff's been changing so quickly. Uh, everything oh, well, going
1: I'm on. Keep up everything.
0: I know, especially oh, in California. Oh my um, God.
1: The governor says this. The president says that. The county supervisors say this. The mayor says that. Yeah. What do you believe? I mean, holy heck.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's absolutely been crazy. And I know, obviously, beaches were opened, uh, reopened for a short period of time. And then uh, basically, people in Huntington Beach and Orange County and Newport Beach were really not respecting social distancing whatsoever. They were gathering in mass quantities. Uh, They were not wearing face masks for the most part. And therefore, Gavin Newsom, Governor Newsom said, okay, we're just going to shut down all of the beaches again. However, San Diego actually did a very good job for the most part with the exception of the beach in Encinitas in terms of social distancing. And we're kind of honestly then feeling like, you know, we're being punished for someone else's bad behavior here. Um, So Kevin Faulkner, our San Diego mayor, spoke with Gavin Newsom and said, you know what? We can't just take away this from people, especially when San Diego has been doing a good job. So as of yesterday, uh, they're reopened. So it's like whiplash,
1: you know? Well, a bunch of stuff. But but so, so Harriet, why don't we go through, uh, you, you know, a bunch of topics and, you know, let's, let's, let's just hit them. Let's update people. And, uh, and that's probably the best way to go. So what do you think? What's the first topic we want to, we, we want to talk to our podcast listeners about. And podcast listeners going out to you, stay safe, stay healthy, stay mentally healthy.
0: Maybe we talk about the, the remdesivir. If I am saying that right, I could completely be butchering that. But the drug that was just approved for the emergency use by the FDA to treat COVID nineteen, after a really, really short preliminary study was done on it, um, China said that they used it with with very little success. So I know, I know you're going to say we can't trust China, but I am curious. You know, obviously, Dad, you're in the biotech pharmaceutical industry. What's your take?
1: Well, it, you know the the fact that it looks like you know Gilead is a good firm. I mean, it's a world class firm. Um, it, you know, and you know we need to you know we we need some therapeutics right now. We need something to uh, to work on. You know, to uh, to move forward here. There are a lot of companies with a lot of drugs. I, I know my own venture fund is 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 looking at one right now, you know, that that's, you know, showing some amazing results. One of the problems, as you just alluded to, Harriet, though, is that there's a reason why clinical trials take a while, because you want to make sure in phase one, phase two, and phase three, that a drug is safe, that we know the right dose, that we know the side effects. And, and you know, it just takes time. The problem is, and I think, Harriet, you mentioned this about vaccines, do you want to be taking a vaccine that's taking six months to come out? I mean, this is—I mean, this is the problem here. And, and, and you know, one of the worst things about COVID nineteen is one, we were so not prepared, and secondly, though, it's just you don't know who to believe or what to believe. I, I just, you know, and thirdly, though, I'm very proud of the United States because we have a lot of, you know, uh, you know, a lot of life science companies. But I say about sixty to seventy percent of them are pivoting to COVID nineteen companies, even if they haven't been that in the past, either on the diagnostic side or you know on the you know on the therapeutic side, the drug side, or on the mask side or the or the or or the protective gear side. I mean, all of a sudden, a shoemaker is making a mask, you know, and it's like, well,
0: yeah, they've definitely all pivoted. Obviously, yeah.
1: yeah, So so it looks like Harrod, It looks like it's a good thing. I'd, I'd rather have. Stuff you, you, you know, I'd rather have stuff here um, than not. The truth is, you, you know, it's better to have. You know, if somebody's dying in a hospital and they're either going on a ventilator or the like, you want to be able to try to save them. And no, and I, I
0: I I understand. I mean, that that's the whole thing. Luckily, it seems like this medication. Whereas some of the other meds, like the one that was supposed to treat, was it malaria? The drug. Um, that Trump was, you know, touting is the thing that was going to cure us. And then a bunch of people went out and bought it and then tried to take it and they actually ended up dying. So yeah. basically it seems like this is an antiviral drug and it's supposed to interfere with the reproduction of viruses within cells. Um, the original treatment was intended to treat MERS and SARS coronaviruses. So it feels like it's in the same kind of wheelhouse. Um, mm. It feels a bit more like it relates to this illness than, for example, trying something that was never intended to treat. Uh, a virus. But I guess the experiment was uh, 1,063 patients. And the study found that while the drug did not statistically reduce mortality, it did lead to a a lower hospital stay number. So it reduced the number of hospital stays, stay days, or like amount of days you're in a hospital uh, from 15 days to 11 days. So it it really-
1: Truthfully, that's not a lot of, I mean, that's not that great of a-
0: Yeah. And it also, there's so many side effects, which include an increase in liver enzymes and liver damage. Um, And so it it basically, the approval is the second one issued for a drug to treat coronavirus. The first obviously was in March for the hydroxychloroquine phosphate and then the chloroquine sulfate. But the FDA then issued a a warning months later telling people don't take this because I guess a dozen patients died in a clinical trial using this.
1: Patients, I I mean... uh... I mean, look. This is this is why the bully pulpit from you know the um, from the presidency is so important. You know, th- this is why, and, and I love Donald Trump, but this is why you know his press people need to to keep him under control. I mean, and and, and, and to just watch what people what he says because people people are desperate right now, and they're you know, and if, you know if you're if you got a family member who has to you like know, you're going to do anything you want as a parent or as a child or, or a grandparent, or like to, to, to help your family. And, you know, you know, I think one of the things we have not done well, from what I can see, I think in the future we need to make sure that the federal government and the states and the local governments and the county governments are all on the same page. And I know it's hard during a crisis. It's like a, I mean, if you think, it's, it's like we've had a, a worldwide forest fire where everybody's panicking right now. But, you know, it, it does look like the curve is flattening a bit in that it doesn't look like our, you know, most of the places in the U.S., it doesn't look like okay. our hospitals are are just over, overrun. Uh, so, so that's good. I mean, some cities are still having problems, New York. Uh, you know, Boston, I think, is having some problems. Los Angeles is having problems. You know, outside of that, I haven't kept up. I just, you know, I know some states are opening up, Florida, you know, Georgia, Georgia. Uh, Texas, parts the of California. Georgia
0: had a crazy, huge boom in cases yesterday.
1: Yeah, but to get, get, you know, Harriet, one of the things we'll just talk about right now then, too, and, and we talked about it in, in our last, you know, podcast when it was just me and you, is really some of these groups out there and. and and I think your view is that they're all Republicans. I don't think they're all Republicans. I think there are some libertarians. I think there are some independents. I think there are some, uh, some Democrats in it. But, but, you know, there are people out there now who are, you know, standing out with signs talking about liberty and freedom. And, and you know, um, I've talked about my view about that. And my view is that the health of the community trumps everything. But, but to be honest, the numbers we're seeing on unemployment like, like we talked about with the supervisor, Jim Desmond, you know, it's 20%. Some states, 25, 30% of the population is unemployed. And and the problem is people are having to make choices. And the choice is either, you know, I'm going to have a chance of getting COVID-19 or I'm going to be able to feed my family. Yeah, um, and But, you know, Harriet and I uh, talked yesterday, I guess, about a case. And it was, I mean, all these COVID cases are sad, but this, this COVID case was even... Oh, it just, it, it was so sad. It was a 73 year old woman who worked in Walmart as a cashier and her friends were telling her, family were telling her, please don't, please don't work right now. But I think she had a 75 year old uh, husband who, who's, whose health wasn't very good. And so she felt that she had to work. So she got COVID-19 a couple of days later and died. And then a couple days later, her husband died of COVID-19. So, you know, we're going to dig out and we're going to hear all the stories you know, and all the sadness around this at some point. And, 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 you know, the truth about America and the truth about the world is the poor get things worse. And they always do. And it's because they just don't have the resources.
0: Oh, and then, they don't have access to these tests, you know? Yeah, There's yeah. this horrible girl who's an influencer. And she really, uh, Ariel Sharness is what her name is. And she goes by something Navy. And she, I swear, has lost so many followers and gotten so much heat from so many different publications just because of her super privileged sort of, you know, um, portrayal of the coronavirus and her negligence. Uh, She was diagnosed. She was told to quarantine away from her two small kids. She didn't listen. She was posting photos of herself, hugging, kissing her kids, acting like she was fine. She called up a doctor friend. And this was before people were pretty much able to get access to tests, got a secret test and uh, then actually took her family from New York City out to their, you know, rented house uh, in the Hamptons, stopping at places along the way, potentially spreading it and just overall being a complete moron. And it's just, you know, it's just not okay. You know, it's the poor people. It's the ones who are struggling to put food on the table that are really going to suffer during this time. And to know, I know in Pacific beach, they just announced there was a lot of people got, um, things in the mail letters telling them that their rent was going to be increased next month. Like, how is this okay?
1: No, that's right. And and, you know, you know, let's talk about maybe some of the four phases of the bailouts, right? The bailouts you know Harold I, I think you and I agree and I think most of America agrees that the bailout should go to the people who have lost their jobs you know or, or who are barely hanging on and it should be in in the form probably of a direct payment the problem is there are so many entities now universities large corporations who don't need the bailout who are taking advantage of the system you know some of these large industries you know I don't say you know the, the, the airline industry or
0: returned their money what's that Shake Shack, the company, yeah. they got they got like a business bailout, and then they ended up returning it because they got so much crap because they're not a small business.
1: And you know what, people need to return if you don't need it. You know, at some point we got to stop being so freaking selfish as, as a people and start realizing, you know, that there are people out there, and, and, and they could be you know you or me or our friends or what, and you know, people are in, are in tough times, and you know, we just as a society have to just take the step back and, and, you know, you know, in the first days of COVID in the first couple of weeks, you know, I, I think we, we all had that let's pitch together attitude. Oh, yeah. It's now, dwindling. yeah. I mean, now it's looking like we've gotten subgroups here, you know, open, don't open, you know, the government sucks. The government doesn't suck. You know, you know, my whole thing is I still, I still think we have to be safe, but at the same time, you know, you know, I'm not, in a position where you know if I don't work next month this month you know and I don't have money coming in you you know you know I'm going to lose my family or something else is going to happen and there are people out there like that but you know shame on people who don't you know who 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 are not looking after their fellow man right now And, and the truth is they are being shamed you know not enough of them are being shamed and I hope when this is all done and over that we have an audit of the process, and we release the names of everybody out there who's gotten the, you know these these bailouts.
0: No, you know our, our, it'll be like our own personal Regina George Mean Girls burn book, where we just write, <laughs> you know, pretty you much.
1: I was but, just uh, talking to Regina George the other day. No, no, sorry. No, really? <laughs> I have no idea who you're talking about, but it's okay.
0: Yeah, mean Girls, you took us to see the movie when Emma and I oh, were in I like
1: Mean Girls. That was good. Yeah. Well,
0: but uh. No, I, I I completely agree. And I, I think it's sad, because I think you're right. I think it's like, you know, in the wake of any major global tragedy or something like that, it, people do tend to come together um, and support each other. And we're trying to help and you know, we're pretty civil. But now people are, and I, and I get it, you know, angry um, to a certain extent. I've seen a lot of posts along the lines of, well, if you're scared, stay indoors. But, you know, I'm going to go out and restart the economy and and I'm going to go live my life and I'm not going to live my life in fear. And I think there's a difference between living your life in fear of this virus and just being smart, you know? I mean, I don't really know what that line is. But I think to just disregard everybody else. And I, I saw this specific quote from somebody on my Facebook page. that said, it's not my responsibility to worry about anybody else's health, but my own. And I you know,
1: you know, yeah. I get it. I, I get it. But at the same time, this is a freaking pandemic and a pandemic is spread from person to person. And as we talked about, you know, a couple of shows ago about the legal liability, should you have the same legal liability that somebody who has AIDS has, you know, if, you know or, or somebody who has a sexually transmitted disease and having sex with somebody who doesn't know? I, I mean, you know, do you want your do you want the people serving your food to have COVID-19? Do you want the people who are
0: you know, watching you know, your kids at daycare?
1: Watching your kids, you know, do you want the people who are providing you healthcare having COVID-19? So I mean that whole argument if it was just them that's fine but it's not. I mean you know the truth is we're all in this together. So Harriet what do we what do we do with these people who are out there waving American flags and shouting liberty and freedom and and the government's nuts and I I'll, and I'll go to Michigan with my guns and what do we what do we say to them and, and you know you're the governor of Michigan or you're the governor of, of uh, you know, of California, the governor of Florida. What do you say to these people?
0: I mean, the one thing I keep saying over and over again to people, and I feel like it's a good who, you know, who say this kind of stuff about like, it's not my responsibility to keep other people healthy. I don't know how to teach you that you should care about other people besides yourself. That empathy is not something that I feel like you can teach. And I personally, I don't know if I would go as far as to say arrest these people that are protesting because that, I know I'm going to get pushback from people saying, oh, this is going to be like a military state and all of our rights are going to be taken away. And that the quote I keep seeing on all these Republican groups in San Diego is the Ben Franklin one about the people willing to give up their freedom and liberties or the people who don't deserve it. Um, Something along those lines. And I just, I would say, find them, find them. And I, I, I do, you know, if there was the woman who organized the North Carolina protest, uh, who now has coronavirus. I mean, it's it's ironic, you know? Um, and I also think it's hilarious to see these people that are protesting saying this virus is nothing to worry about wearing masks, you know, while they're storming the city hall with well, guns.
1: Well, you know, supervisor, you know, county supervisor, Jim Desmond was on the show a couple days ago, as we all know. And, um... Uh, and and his podcast is up, and uh, we were so happy, podcasters, you know, our, our, our podcast audience out there, because uh, Supervisor Desmond has been has been a pretty hot hot item on the uh, in,
0: uh, <laughs> uh, in, yeah, on yes. TV and
1: everything else right now. So so Harriet and I were just beaming because he said to us, "Hey, I gotta now go from your show over to Carl DeMaio's show, and then over to KUSI, and." Harriet and I are <laughs> high-fiving each other virtually and going, yes, we are finally on the circuit. So, so you know, our, our podcast audience out there, keep the reviews coming. But guys, keep, keep it going here because, you know, we, we're, we're trying to have bipartisan discussions here in a very friendly manner, in a respectful manner, but trying to get people on here with some different views in that. and that. And, you know, Supervisor Desmond was interesting because I've known Jim for a while now, you, you know, uh, you know, I, I I don't know the the extent of some of his views in that, but but you know, he was I must say he really you know you know he was talking about opening up the economy, but but he was talking about how does someone in his position interpret a governor's force that plan, and, and and then at the same time, how do you deal with? you know, business people who want to reopen, but, but how do you do this in, in a healthy manner? And, and, you know, I think the one thing his podcast really showed was, you know, you know, which, tr- you know, he's trying to him, you know, he and other local leaders and county leaders are trying to, to abide by all the laws and, and do the best that they can for their communities. And, and that's the one thing I think, which is very clear in, uh and Supervisor Desmond, I, I I, mean, I think he's a good man. And, you know, but, but, Harriet, what a decision you have to make. I, I mean, oh, and, and, you know.
0: You can't make everybody happy.
1: Oh, yeah. Sure. And someone's going to hate you. I mean, down the line, you know, but, but, you know, one of the big problems is, you, you know, look, you know, I'm EVP, corp dev and general counsel to a public company, you know, a small public company in town. And, you know, the first thing that I fear somebody comes back, you know, we all go back to work. And then somebody has COVID nineteen, and they have to go home, or they go into the hospital. What do you do with everybody else? Can you imagine the panic in that place? And 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 look, if I'm thinking about this, imagine what doctors and nurses and and just you know, you, you know, all type of healthcare workers have to go through every day. I mean, you know, you know, have I touched that? What that person touched? Did that person breathe on me? I, I, I mean, I don't know about you.
0: The woman, uh, one of the awesome people we had on our podcast, who was a nurse, she said that I guess the thing that they worry about the most is when they go in to intubate someone like putting a you know a, a thing in their their throat. Obviously that's not the medical jargon behind it, but uh, basically air aerosolized particles and spit and stuff like that can kind of be released into the air and that's like highly contagious. And so people are then going in there without masks um, because there aren't enough or they're going out in without gowns or protective gear or any of that. And it's those are the people who are the freaking heroes. Then you have, I mean... These people protesting in Michigan and other places, it's like a slap in the face to all of the healthcare workers. I think one of the most powerful images that I've seen are doctors and nurses who went out and stood up, literally physically stood up to these protesters and just allowed them to yell in their face about how this virus was a lie and how it was fake, you know, and how they're not going to be, you know, governed and, and losing their, their constitutional rights. That's the big one that everyone likes to talk about, like... I just can I tell uh, you
1: hey, you know, if they want to go out and just do it for themselves and they want to put their own lives in risk, I'm okay with that. But the problem is we're dealing with the we. And it's the not is, like
0: how do we tell people that and get and, that through
1: their yeah, thick heads? The not just, 10, you know, you know, ten people can spread it to a thousand people. I, I mean, this is this is the whole issue right now. But 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 hard so other things like, like, so, um, my understanding now is, is when everybody's in, when anybody's in public in California or in a workplace, you have to wear a mask. Yep, so, yep. so everybody now is wearing a mask, right?
0: Yeah. And, yeah. And if um, you don't, you can find- be fined. What? Oh yeah. You can be fined. Um, I, yeah, I went to the beach, uh, twice in the last couple of days that it, that it was open, obviously wearing a mask um, socially distancing from people. I was just really curious also what it was kind of like, you know, I know mom and Emma went and then ended up leaving because obviously, you know, Emma's immunocompromised and they didn't want to risk that. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, I felt like in Pacific beach and La Jolla in San Diego, people were being pretty good about, uh, social distancing. I saw more people wearing masks, but in Encinitas, when I went with my husband about three or four days ago, we were the only people wearing masks and people were gathering in huge groups, just, it was almost impossible to social distance. Um, You know, lifeguards can only do so much. Uh, They're, they're not going to bring the police to the beach, you know? So it's, it's, it's crazy to me. You know, if you're going to have the right to go on the beach and walk around, be smart, wear a mask, you know?
1: You know, it, 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 I I just, you know, I just, I don't get it. Uh, You know, I, I, you know, I understand why people are doing it. I, I just, you know, when I hear some of these stories about, well, oh, it's the government, and I just, you know, I, I just, you know, I want to just say to people, He's it's
0: trying to kill you.
1: It's just not the government. It is really, you have a pandemic, and, and this, and if you don't, guys, to me, the most important time is now. And, and, and you know, Harry, let's talk about this concept of immunity. Yeah. Do you, so, you know, when you take an antibody test, it measures mm-hmm. whether you have, you know, one or more types of antibodies that have come in, you know, into your bloodstream to fight this virus, and it, and, and, and you know, so, so it, it's a pretty good indication that you've either been exposed to it or you have it. And if you have an antibody test, you normally know, have to then get tested by 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 you know a PCR test, which is, which is much more uh, uh, thorough thorough not select you know but but much more specific and so um you know but some people believe that that if you have these antibodies that that means you're not going to get it again and, and you know i don't see anything that shows that it's not for example like what is it uh, not the mumps or the measles i forget which one where if you get it once then yeah, then you won't get it again You know, and, and you have some people out there saying, well, I'm going to go get COVID-19 right now.
0: Pastor in, in Georgia on Easter, he said he's going to purposefully expose his entire family so they can just get past it, get it, and then just be immune to it. And I, I did a ton of research today on kind of, you know, antibodies. What does it mean? How, do, how does our body generate antibodies um, towards this and all that kind of stuff. And what they're saying is, even if you come back saying that you have the antibodies is we don't know what that means. We don't know if it's long lasting protection or even any kind of short term immunity. Yeah. Um, apparently some people who have beaten COVID-19 don't ever generate antibodies at all. But that could mean that they're, but that may not mean that they're not immune. Um, the truth
1: is we have so many theories right now yeah. What we really need is to have, you know, you know, to have experts, what I think just, I'm not sure what an expert is anymore, you know, but to have, you know, these bodies who are, you know, to have entities who are saying this works, this doesn't work, you know, yeah. you know, and, you know, people are putting forth various cures, you know, some natural, some, some medical, you know, and the truth is, I don't know that I don't know that we know. What is going to work right now. There's this hope that a vaccine is going to be created that can essentially create, you know, that that can, you know, protect us against COVID-19. And I think the issue is, you know, COVID-19 is, is a type of coronavirus, but it's not the only type of coronavirus. And, and, and you know, I, I think we have some proof now that this can mutate. And, and, and you know, it's just interesting every day, well, we're like some, some, some people are saying, well, kids aren't getting it. And then some say kids are getting it. And then it's like, you know, you, you see a study, well, you know, people under the age of 40 are getting strokes and it's like, you know, you know, yeah. the the big thing is you just don't know what to believe, but, but you know, so
0: bug. they said dogs couldn't get it. And then how many, it was like two, two dogs now have tested positive.
1: Yeah. So and, no and, and they cats could get it too. Right. I mean, yeah. I don't know if cats or dogs have died of it, but you know the the big thing is this is fire. We're playing with fire, and we don't we still don't understand it, right? And, and, and you know, you know, and we keep talking about where it came from. You know, sometimes it's important to know where something, where an epidemic comes from, because then you can try to go there and isolate the source and to really find out, you know, you know, whether it is man made or it's not man made. Where did it come from? In order to really be able to fight that, I, I mean, one of our problems now is we don't know whether this is taking different strains. We, you know, I don't know if the strain in South Africa is the same as in Russia, is the same as in Argentina, oh. or the same as in San Diego. You know, so I, I mean, the yeah, truth, is, the truth is, we just don't know. So, so you know, Supervisor Desmond was saying, "Hey, look, so what we're going to do is, you know, well, um, do you want to talk about um, yeah, the re- government movement for." Yeah. Four four point plan.
0: Yeah, for sure. So pretty much, um, Gavin Newsom, governor Gavin Newsom was talking about, uh, I think a couple days ago, he kind of laid out his plan to reopen California and it kind of started with him saying schools could probably reopen for the new academic year as early as July or August. Um, and we could start to loosen restrictions in either the next coming, you know, few weeks, not just months. Um, and see all, he also said once again, saying though, that an easing of stay at home orders is obviously contingent on officials ability to quickly put them back in place. If cases then start to rise again. So pretty much the fear is if we like radically change our behavior from all staying at home to all jumping back out and living life normally again, we risk the the framework that we're kind of advancing. Um, however, people are kind of pissed off because they're saying like, Oh my God, like we don't have specific dates. Um, I mean, so basically what they're saying is like, what what do we have? And what we currently have is a framework that lays out how the state is going to slowly return to something approaching a normal. It'll be a new normal, but there's cautious optimism over mostly flattening hospitalization and intensive care admission rates. Right now, um, the the woman who is the California's head of public health, her name's Dr. Sonia Angel, um, she said, we're still in stage one. And that means that government and private organizations are working to make it more consistently safe for essential workers like grocery store employees, nurses, doctors, and those workers need more protective equipment and a more robust testing and tracing system. Uh, Stage two will be when some lower risk businesses and public spaces can also reopen, but with modifications that are going to allow for distancing to take place. So that means factories with more spaced out workstations or non-grocery retail stores like malls. but with curbside pickup so i don't really know what that's gonna look like you know what i mean um and then they're also saying stage two includes schools and child care facilities uh but they said that workers must have enough of a financial safety net including paid sick days to take time off if they do have COVID 19 Um, stage three will be when higher risk businesses will be able to open again which uh with modifications obviously including nail and hair salons gyms movie theaters sports but without live audiences, as well as in-person religious services like church and stuff like that. And then stage four, the final stage, will be the end of the state stay-at-home order when um, we'll be able to do everything we could previously, concerts, conventions, and sports with a live crowd and all that kind of stuff. Um, however, Governor Newsom did say sports with you know uh, an audience and big concerts and festivals and stuff are a very, very long way away from coming back. He said, "Stage two, though, for California is only weeks away, but the third and fourth phases are months and months away." So that's pretty much what we know right now.
1: Well, let's talk about some. You know, I saw an article on the San Diego Union-Tribune today, and you know, I'm not a huge fan of the Union-Trib as you know, but I read it, and because you've yeah. taught me how to read, you know, you've yeah. said read, read stuff you don't like, even if it's, it's painful. You know, that, that's okay. But you now. Uh, <laughs> But uh, there was an article, on, and and we've touched a bit on this speak because, as you know, we are we are a forward thinking podcast, and yep. you know we're right because we talk about stuff here before it happens because we predict it because we have the experience with it. And look, we're not trying to say we're always right, but you can just see, you you know, you you know, you know, Hart and I have been all around the world, so you know, what's good is you can see when something's going to happen someplace else, you know, how we're going to you and. Know, have an effect here, but but you know, you know. I was reading this this article about seven and nine things that are just gonna going gonna change in the world, yeah. you know, because of this. One is one is the handshake. You know, I, I don't know about you. I'm not shaking hands anytime soon. No. Two is you know I'd make a car a corollary to that. I can't say the word corollary. I can't say it. Say Couldn't say it. Uh, but uh, you know, and that is you know sometimes. you you know, you meet somebody you like and you kiss them on both cheeks. <laughs> that ain't happening. <laughs> I mean, nobody's no. getting kissed anymore uh, like that. You know, if they're not your spouse living in your place or your 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 kids who are living in your place. You know, three. Uh, you know, airline travel. Now, you know, are you going to feel comfortable in those crammed middle seats anymore? And you well, know, well, no,
0: they're, they're going to do away most likely with the middle seat.
1: Yeah, and, and and imagine the effect that that's going to have on the profitability of the airline industry. Maybe for once we'll we'll get seats where we can actually stretch out and have like normal room for once. Wouldn't that be great? What a
0: that those seats are going to be much much more expensive, and so the yeah. this might be the end of budget airline travel. So those super cheap flights you see on like JetBlue well, or Spirit. Well,
1: Harry, I'll tell you what, the climate changers are probably going to be jumping up and down on this one because frankly. You know, um, maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe, maybe we, maybe we, we as a society got cocky. I don't know.
0: Why would the climate changes? Be? What do you mean?
1: Well, because there's probably going to be, uh, I mean, look, during during COVID 19, we had clean air. You know, some places in the world. Doesn't, the that, time, doesn't that
0: show you and prove to you that climate change is real and we need to reduce our carbon footprint? You know, as a positive change?
1: Yes and no. It's like, it's like to me, like homelessness. You know, we know we can do something about stuff. I think I think my, my my only response on that, Harriet, is, you know, look, I, I'm for as clean as an environment as we can get. My only response is, when you're really poor, you're just trying to make a buck, you, you know, and 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 there, there's got to be some trade-off here, you know. The truth is, as we found out, we can have cleaner air tomorrow, but is is the cost too great right now? But but you, you know, look, I think it. it, 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 it it's so a great point, Harry. It's a great point. I agree. Yeah. So next, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, it's fine. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. So, so next, next is the uh, cruise ship business. I don't know about you. Oh my God. you know, I
0: never wanted to go on a cruise to begin with. I definitely don't want to go uh, now.
1: You know, I wanted to go on a cruise, but I just don't like to be around a lot of old people. You know, I, 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 because old people remind me where I'm going, and
0: oh,
1: God. and you know, and the problem is. I don't want to be around super old people, and I don't want to be around a lot of kids screaming all the time. I don't
0: but, think any does.
1: So I want to have the the like you know upper middle class professionals cruise where everybody is is you know good looking, and they're all in secure marriages, right?
0: Oh yeah, you can take an adults only cruise. Like they have them for ages. Like sure
1: you got to watch what that adult only is. That could be something else, Harriet. <laughs>
0: <That's another podcast. laughs> pretty much, pretty <laughs> not weird. Cruise. I'm not going to
1: go on the adult cruise. That, that may be something, you know, I may not come back from that cruise. But, right. but you know, but, but, but the cruise line business, do you want to go on some freaking 10 to 14-day cruise to, uh, you know, a Swamabat that is going to – you're going to be with the same people who can get freaking germs? I mean, I, 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 it's probably not going to happen, right?
0: Oh, yeah, and then you run the risk. I mean, look at what happened with a couple of those ships not being able to dock in multiple ports because people tested positive on board. I don't want that. I don't want to be stuck on ship with like overflowing toilets and stuff. Like it's just, ugh.
1: Yeah. And, and, and next is just concerts, large gatherings, baseball yeah, games, really football games, any place where you're close together with people. I mean, can you imagine the first time you're at a place? Well, it's like when people, you know, you know, and, Maybe this is a bad example, but but you know, somebody has been in a place where the, where there there have been gunshots. So I can, I mean, imagine you're at a concert or something, and, and there have been gunshots or something. You, you, you know, but imagine going to a, going to a concert uh, again, hearing a truck backfire or something, car backfire.
0: It's going to give you severe PTSD. But I mean. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you're going to have a bunch of people who are totally confident going out and going to concerts again. I mean, I obviously was a singer. Concerts are some of the most amazing, you know, things. They're the most fun events to go to in the entire world. The the collective energy of just like live music and playing to a crowd is like pure magic that you can't replicate yeah. even by doing, you know, live streams on Facebook or Instagram. And it breaks my heart to think that that culture might really just not come back for a very long time.
1: Yeah. But, but, you know, and, and I guess the question I have right now, look, you know, I'm, I'm married, so, you know, and you're married. And so, and, you know, but what are people doing who are dating? I, I, I mean, on the one hand, I thought there would probably be, there probably is going to be a baby boom out of this at some point. But for people who are like, I mean, what are people doing who are dating? I mean, do you, you probably just don't date during this time, right? I, I, I mean, I mean, how do you meet somebody new, right? I, I don't, I don't know.
0: Oh, I mean, you'd probably just stick to exclusively talking on apps. Um, I have seen conversation going on with people, though, saying that if you're talking to someone and live by themselves and then you live by themselves, like they're willing to risk it to go actually hang out with someone one on one right now at their house. But, you know, personally, I would say never go over to someone's house on the first date. They could always be a murderer. So, you know,
1: (laughs) Harriet, I think you're starting to enter adulthood into potentially parenthood. That's that's something an adult or parent would do. I, I, oh I, I
0: I'd never go over to someone's house on the first date. I would never even go over to my friend's house the first time we met. Meet me somewhere public if you want to I kill think me. You
1: were you were raised well. That's a good thing. So <laughs> hey hey, but but in, you know, let's shift gears a little bit here. Um, you, you know, because this is a bipartisan political show, yeah. and and look, um, you know, Senator Joe Biden has been, you know, former Vice President Biden has been in the news. I mean, he's a presidential candidate. And, you know, I, I, he is being Kavanaugh, I mean, essentially right now. You know, he's, he, he's been accused of. I don't want to call it
0: that. That's not
1: the correct. I know, but they used to. It, it, you know, look, you know, <laughs> Republicans are going, hey, you got the same thing that, you know, this is the same thing that Brett Kavanaugh went through. And it seems like some Democrats are divided now because some are like, you got to believe the woman, and some are like, no, I got to support Joe. So, but you know, I don't want to say what goes around comes around. Maybe that that's well, that's not good. But but you know, this whole issue of that's sexual I
0: don't that.
1: No, but this no, that, no, but that was the point. No, but the, but and no, they the point is that this is not a Republican thing. It's not a Democratic thing. And, Shouldn't be. And, but and, what happened, and, and and well, and you know, perhaps it's just not a male candidate thing either maybe maybe you know then the next female you know you know presidential candidates or vice president candidates will go through this too and and frankly that may happen here if joe biden selects you you know a certain a certain california senator right now
0: wait you think she'll be sexual assault
1: no that's that's not what i'm saying
0: i mean
1: so no but but she has a past herself which is, you know, I mean, having an affair with, you know, having, having, I, I don't know if it was an open or not affair with a, with a married.
0: If, if the Republican election, uh, the election that occurred in 2016 has taught us anything, it's that people will vote for you regardless of what you've done. You can say grabbing a woman by the pussy. We have evidentiary support that he paid off a porn star that he had sex with days after his wife gave birth. Oh, to
1: okay, the- Harrod. So, so we're going to get down to this now. So Joe Biden have the same standard that Donald Trump had and Brett Kavanaugh had, or should Joe is, Biden uh, be treated
0: differently? There was no standard. I'm just saying, I mean, that this is the thing that I feel like all Republicans or a lot of Republicans try to say, well, well then this person did this. Well, you think what Donald Trump did was bad. Hillary did way worse.
1: Well, That's not- but, but but at the same time, behavior. but at the same time, if we are going to be fair, we should have a standard and either we're going to treat everybody According to that standard and the press should treat everybody towards that standard or, or does somebody get special treatment? So look, look, so my guess is, you know, Republicans. So let me state the Republican view and you can state the Democrat view, you know, or, or the, the bifurcated and Democrat view. So the Republican view is, Hey, look, you put, you know, the press and the American public put Brett Kavanaugh and Donald Trump through the ringer on a lot of stuff. And that, and so they should, they should, you know, the democratic candidates such as Joe Biden should, should go through the same strict scrutiny. So what if, what do you believe on that?
0: Personally, I believe that right now, um, I think we, I mean, I first and foremost think that we should believe women because I still, and I know you and I disagree on this, but I don't think women have anything to gain from coming forward. Nobody wants to be thought of as a victim of sexual assault. Nobody wants to, look at Monica Lewinsky, what she went through for years and years. She was the girl, you know, who kept the dress. That's what she was known as that colored her life for so long. And I, I know personally, I would never want to be known as anybody's victim. And I, I, and I don't think what what does she have to gain coming forward? Maybe what a book deal? Maybe if that uh, it's unflattering coverage. We know that people are going to dig into her past and bring up stuff left and right. The facts, you know, as we now know it, um, you know, from news stations like NBC, CNN uh, MSNBC, all those places, you know, the facts are thus far that, uh, NBC reached out to five people who, uh, Reed says she shared varying degrees of the sexual assault allocation, uh, allegation about Biden. One of five who spoke on the condition said she did know about it. Uh, another one who also spoke anonymously said she recalls the mentioning inappropriate touching by Biden, but never assault. Um, never anything sexual beyond just like touching her shoulders, as we know he does. Um, the three others on record said they don't recall any such conversations ever happening. Uh, basically as well, Reid has changed her story several times. In twenty nine nineteen, she accused Biden of inappropriate touching, but never said that she was assaulted. Um, basically she said her responsibilities in the Senator's office were reduced after she refused to serve drinks at an event, what she called a desire of Biden's because he liked her legs. Reid said she felt pushed out and left Biden's, uh, employ in August of 1993. After nine months, he used to put his hand on my shoulder and run his finger up my neck is what she had said. Um, she, in 2018, she wrote some posts praising Vladimir Putin as one of the best, uh, people of all time. And before she made her sexual assault allegation, she was a Bernie Sanders supporter and vehemently tweeted uh, many things saying that, you know, Biden was awful. And I guess in comparison, um, you know, two dozen women have alleged sexual misconduct against Donald Trump before he ran for president, which he, he also obviously denied. We have that infamous Access Hollywood interview. When you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Grab him by the pussy. You can do anything. Yesterday, Trump said this. I think he should respond. It could be false allegations. I know all about false allegations. I've been falsely charged numerous times. There really is such a thing. No, I, I don't I don't know. What's
1: your view? All right. So I'm making a choice. what's your view? Look, I, I don't mean to put you on the on the spot here, but I we, we are talking care. about it.
0: I, I don't think he did it. Um I personally don't. I think he definitely and it's been shown he touches women kinda awkwardly. He talks close to their face. Some people are way more touchy feely than others. Obviously he needs to be more respectful of other people's personal space, especially when multiple women have said they make but it makes them uncomfortable that I vehemently agree with. Do I think he's a sexual assailant of any kind? No, I I truly don't. I think the man has been through so much in his life, his character and every single action he's taken has spoken so truly to the kind of person that he is, which is good and honest and true and pure. There's a reason we called him uncle Joe. There's a reason why Trump has no such moniker. Um, Uncle Joe was also
1: what you called Joe Stalin, so that's that's what okay. Franklin Roosevelt used to call Joe Stalin, Uncle Joe.
0: Anyway, I I don't think he did it. No, I don't, and it's not just because I want to believe he didn't do it. I don't think the evidence is there to support it.
1: Personally, do you think about the people you know, who I guess we have a couple people are charmed, right? Alyssa Milano and, uh, um, and Rose, Rose McGowan.
0: Yeah, um, so, so are sort of
1: engaged in this in this debate right now, or this? I, don't call it a I mean
0: conversation more so. Um, but, uh, Alyssa Milano says she believes this woman, but she still thinks that you should vote for Joe Biden. And I can't help, but agree. I think if this is, he's the lesser, if, if he really did this, he's the lesser of two evils. Um, and that's just my personal opinion. But I, I don't think he did this. That's why I so vehemently stand behind him. Rose McGowan, I, she's one of the first people who openly spoke out against Harvey Weinstein and a bunch of other stuff. She's also made some really weird claims in the past, so I don't really take what she says as law for a lot. Um, but I, I do agree with her. I do believe we should believe women. And believing women doesn't mean that there aren't women who aren't wrong or who don't make stuff up. But stuff is shown that the amount of false allegations is so, so small compared to the amount of sexual assaults that go unreported. So I,
1: so so where do we stand? So should, you know, let's talk policy right now. Should we have, a you know, should we, you know, should the, um, the media do what they used to do during John F. Kennedy's time. Ignore it. Ignore it. It's a boys club. Should they ignore things like this and just judge on other things? and, should we have a law that says, you know, no, no candidates, you know, character shall be, you know, you know, you know, put under a microscope or something? I, I mean, or should we allow unfettered access to, you know, you know, to allegations here, some that may not be proven? So, and it, I mean, look, one of my fears for this country is every time a candidate runs that somebody doesn't like, they're going to throw people at them either allegations or some may be true. And the, the truth is, the truth is you can make an allegation and, and, you know, how is somebody, how's Joe Biden going to say it didn't happen? I, I mean, you know, he's,
0: he he's going to be
1: tried, you know, you know, you he know, has
0: people who will attest to the kind of person that he is for the last 60 years. Donald Trump does not have that. And I'm just going to say that they don't, it's not the same. It's just not. It's not the same. He has consistently shown up and made the right choice in life. He has done the good, pure thing to do with the choices that he has made. He has advocated for women of sexual assault. He has done so much to help victims of rape. I mean, that guy what if who has not you're gone,
1: wrong on this one, Harriet? What if you're wrong?
0: I mean, if I'm wrong, then I'll feel like a real piece of shit, you know?
1: Honestly. <laughs> that, that's the thing, though. The, the, the truth is, as you, as you and I talked about, you know- Communism, and you know. But something
0: you said real quick, though, yeah, regarding the it. we don't want censorship. If we move into like you can't report on anything unless it's a thousand percent true. One tabloids will disappear. There'll be barely any news. Oh, I could look at some
1: tabloids. Thank you very much. But anyway. oh,
0: I know. I'm just saying, though. I mean, we don't. Earth, want-
1: has a growth on her on her right cheek. It could be right? serious. true <laughs> Page fourteen.
0: Right. We don't want Never, to be right?
1: Uh-huh.
0: yeah, right? Or who who's pregnant? It's like, no, I just ate a big lunch. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm not that. <laughs> you no. Know? But uh, I mean, had the amount of times Jennifer Aniston's been pregnant, and it hasn't been true. Holy crap! Poor Randy poor Burhold, woman. the
1: Real news. Turn back to right. page twenty-seven.
0: Right, but uh, yeah, it's I I think we need to be careful not to censor things, but I do think that we need to vet um, vet allegations. I think that's how we, we decide. And I think you're wrong in the sense that, oh. no, no, no. I, I think that you're wrong in the sense that every single person we put up for nomination, if someone doesn't like them, there's going to be sexual assault allegations. And I think even if there are so many are going to be easily proven with completely baseless, there's ways to verify there's, there's, there's ways to find, You know, the the fact that she claimed she told five people explicitly about the assault and only one remembers, you know, that's not a good sign. You remember, you know,
1: America, stay tuned. You you know, if you thought it was bad enough talking about Donald Trump's sexual life, now you got to talk about Joe Biden's sexual life. And I don't know about you. I'm sort of sick. I'm sort of sick of talking about sexually active men over 75. It sort of grosses me out a bit. I don't know about you. So
0: uh, no, I don't. I obviously no one wants to be talking about this. I definitely don't want to be or thinking about you. And I'm going on a adult cruise. That makes me want uh, that to kill that
1: myself. That's even worse. But but, Harrod, So so we should be probably ending this a little bit right now. But but you know, guys, you know what we're trying to do with this podcast, as you know, you, you know we're trying to be your COVID nineteen go to here uh, for just sanity. Uh, you know, we've been trying to bring you. A lot of different types of people, you know, nurses, doctors, you know, people who've had COVID nineteen, supervisors. You know, we're we're planning on bringing on some on some mayors at some point. Uh, we've got Pete Peterson, who's a former secretary, you know, former candidate for Secretary of State, who who, who is now uh, uh, the uh, head of the public policy organization Upper Pepperdine. I uh, will. We'll be on the show, Errol Weber, Academy Award winning uh, uh, filmmaker and also candidate for Congress from Los Angeles and a whole host of other people. So you tell us who you want on the show. You want to come on the show yourself. We, you know, you know, we'd love that. And Harriet, why don't you talk a little bit about the uh, show we're going on um, tomorrow?
0: Yeah. So tomorrow we are going on a show called More In Common uh, Podcast. Um, So I don't know if show is the right word. It's a podcast. Um, We spoke with, uh, you know, it's Rodney and Keith who have been best friends for 18 years. And they really, their, their whole thing is about anchoring humanity in compassionate conversation. And we spoke to them and we kind of talked about their whole, you know, what they've structured and built their podcast around. And uh, there, it, it's just awesome the amount of people they've had on their podcast that have just opened up, and and they've had so many amazing conversations. Um, I I am so excited to go on their podcast and really get to the humanity of things. Um, you know, because politics can be really divisive and and nasty and uncomfortable. And I, I think that getting back to the basics about what makes us just people will be, you know, it's, it's necessary and it's needed. So, um, it probably won't be, you know, a premiering or being released. Uh, I think they were saying until I think like September or August, but we'll, we'll keep you guys updated about when that comes out. And we would love for you guys to go show your support, listen to their podcast and, and check it out.
1: And I'll tell you what, guys, you know, we are doing these for you, our listeners, And, 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 you know, look, you know, the the way Harriet and I are trying to approach both the podcast and, you know, politics and government, you know, less, less politics, better government. And in all honesty, you know, we are trying to, you know, we're trying to cut through the crap here and focus on the issues that matter. But maybe, Harriet, just a couple quick minutes. And, you know, and you brought up a good point today. What are we finding out now? You know, we, we were told. Previously, prior to COVID-19, there were some problems that will always be with us. The poor will always be with us. The homeless will always be with us. climate The climate's only going to get worse. You know, we're, you know, we're seeing today both how fragile life is, but at the same time, how resilient people are. And, you know, so it's going to be very, very interesting coming out of this. Like, for example, Harriet, you know, we, we talked about the homeless. And right now, you know, will society? Well, what this article uh, said in the Union Trib today was homelessness. Will society tolerate people living on the streets anymore for safety reasons? You know, for for just you know the the spread of viruses and diseases. And what we're finding in some places, you, you know, you know, governments or private foundations. Are buying up some hotels and putting the homeless there, or forcing the homeless into areas where they get treatment or, or mental health treatment. You know, as Harriet talked about the climate. I, I, I mean, look, you know, you know, there are ways which we can better the climate. I, 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 you know, you know, and and maybe we should look into some of those. And you know, it's just it's just something which which we need to think about. But you know, I think what this also shows is that. You know, the economy is so fragile. We went from having what, Harriet, in March or February, we went from having a three percent unemployment rate to a 20 to 25 percent unemployment rate. Do you know how many people that is? Out, I mean, you know, out of work, we're approaching levels that only happened in the Great Depression. And granted, this hopefully this is temporary. But how do you come back from that? And, and, and you know, one of the things we're starting to see right now you know, is companies going under some companies just saying, it's not gonna, I'm not gonna make it even with government help, I'm not going to make it. So, you know, the government is us, you know, it's the we, you know, business, it's us. So, you know, we're gonna have to figure out a way to, to work together here to bring this all back. Because frankly, you know, we've gone through one of those times. I mean, if people are, are going to remember the first nine months of 2020 as a of oh I mean, this is going to be, you, you, you know, Harriet and I have kidded each other, but, you, you know, about 2020, the year of poo in that, you know, uh, they call up, uh, uh, Chairman G, uh, they refer to him as Winnie the Pooh. And if you think about this, uh, 2020, the, the year of poo or the year of, of crap. I mean, holy crap. It's like it's all piled on. But, but you know, Harriet and I, and I'm going to talk for you, Harriet, but, you know, we believe people are resilient. We, we believe people are fragile. We're seeing the best of people. We're seeing the worst of people right now. But we just want to tell you that, you know, there is hope. Uh, this is going to turn. We got a lot of good people on all sides working either in the labs or in the hospitals or or just on the you know on the food supply you know at home taking care of people, but we're going to get through this. And the trick is to you know you know as the settlers used to do, you circle the wagons. And, and right now we're circling the wagons. What does that mean? Well, circling the wagons, here This this tells you how old I am. So you know I grew up okay. cowboy films, and so you know you know in, in the days of the cowboys, you know when you were attacked by the Native Americans, which we used to call Indians back then. Uh, uh, what, what, what the settlers used to do is, is they would put their wagons in circles so that they they could defend themselves, and that's just how, and that's just how you did that. And, and you know, but that's what we're doing now. We're circling. you know oh, that's oh, a <laughs> I, 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 I grew up cowboy films in the '60s and '70s. That's what you grew up. You watched black and white cowboy.
0: You Ending your wagon. Are you two hundred? Is is there something you need that's to tell me? I'm
1: actually two hundred, but 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 anyway. So. So, but guys, you know, like hang in there, you know, I'm as bored as you are and going crazy and I try to get out at least once a day. You know, I'm a germaphobe, wash my hands all the freaking time.
0: Oh, Mom go inside the doors.
1: Yeah. She <laughs> goes in for me. I, I'm going to owe that woman so much. I mean, but uh, you know, you know, we're going to get through this. It's going to be okay. We're going to lose our COVID-19-15 or, you know, or or the 20- yeah. 20 gained. You know, uh, we're going to start to eat better and everything else. But h- hang in there, guys. And, Aaron, uh, any last words?
0: Yeah, I just want to make a little PSA, really quick, cool or public service announcement. Uh, please be kind to people that are working minimum wage jobs right now. Obviously, be kind to everybody, but specifically be kind to the people that are still getting paid next to nothing to go work in drive throughs, to work in grocery stores. These people, I swear, I mean, they're they're the backbone of society right now, next to the nurses and doctors who are keeping stuff afloat. And the amount of hate and nasty people that they put up with on a daily basis, it is not okay. We get that everyone's stressed out right now, but I, I'm serious. A simple thank you, a please, a smile, a how is your day, just something can make or break how these people go home feeling. So don't be a jerk. That's pretty much what I have to say.
1: Okay. Well, then, <laughs> uh, everybody, I'll tell you what, this is Randy Berholtz uh, signing Harriet off. And
0: Harriet Berholtz.
1: Also signing off. And and we'll speak with you again soon. All the best.
0: All right.
1: Bye. Bye.